Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Okay, so here's another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. This week we have a different kind of episode as I have decided to save uh, one of the live streams that I did in my five-day challenge to share it with you for two reasons. Uh, The first one, um, I thought it was quite good. (laughs) And the second, it's because it's actually at the core of what I believe to be true on what you can do to increase your intuition on a daily basis. So without further ado, I'm introducing to you the Intuitive Gym. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. It's Ange here. I'm back for breakfast with Ange, day four. So um, it seems that none of you had any questions about today's task, the intuitive gym. So I'm just going to (laughs) improvise. Why not? I think that might be fun. Right. So the intuitive gym, what are we going to say about this? So most people will tell you that in order to increase your intuition, you have to meditate. And I have nothing against meditation, but being neurodivergent, meditation doesn't always work for me. Everybody's different. If you were, um, if you have ADHD, for example, that is probably the worst idea in the world. So we need to break this mold. It's something that's been, um, you know, banded around, repeated by all meditation teacher that have um, or intuition teacher that have learned it from their own intuition teacher. Blah de blah de blah. And I will ju- I will just say though that there are two aspects that are essential to increase your intuition and to be able to trust it more. Obviously, is first is to raise your vibration. And the second, I'm going to write this on a little piece of post-it paper so that I can um, go back to it in case I forget. So first, raise your vibration. And the second is to um, pay attention. Okay, these are the two key elements that you need to practice every day. So let's start with raise your vibration. Raising your vibration is not positive thinking. And in fact, positive uh, positivity can be actually pretty toxic. So there are several ways that you can raise your vibration and maybe you should put together a sort of menu. That's what I used to do. And that's what I learned from one of um, my teachers. She was teaching about prosperity, not about intuition. So that's interesting, too, because that can work for prosperity. Raising your vibration will bring all sorts of benefits in your life. Now, I find that for myself, it includes two opposite practice. First is to own my shadow, to own my negative thinking, to recognize it, to look at it 
and to experience the negative emotions and not to squish them down. Because what happens is um, any emotions that you squish down or you try to repress or you avoid feeling, you get to keep them. They stay in your body. They might stay dormant, but they're there. Which is why we can be triggered about an event that's happened maybe two, three years ago. And suddenly we feel all the emotions as strongly as we did back then. It's because we haven't experienced them. Maybe we've tried to intellectually placate ourselves about what we were feeling. And this in turn has created uh, a repression. And, um, and so we haven't allowed our body to experience the feeling. And our body is also where we, we receive intuition. So the more we're clogged up with all the emotional baggage, uh, the more our intuition is going to be difficult to reach for. So it seems quite simple, but it's actually a long-term strategy that you need to have to increase your intuition because you need to have a clear body. You need to have a clear channel to receive that intuition. And I'm not talking about channeling here. I'm talking about being a channel as a, you know, a more general term of like being able to receive. So how do you do that? Well, um, you know, there's so many different modalities. EFT is pretty amazing. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's this tapping modality where you tap on some meridians on the top of your head and then on the side of your eye and here, here, here on the collarbone, on, on here and on each of the fingers, which tap on some meridians that are used, usually used in acupuncture. So that's very powerful. The other way... Um, that you can release emotions. Well, first is by feeling them. So it's by taking the time to ask yourself, you know, how do I feel? And I'm actually reading a book at the moment that's really good, where um, by Higgy Hendricks, and he explains that everything goes through the breath, and that it's actually the breath that enables you to become aware of what is uh, lying below the consciousness. And so. It's interesting. So you would stop and feel, you know, where is my breath? Am I holding my breath? What am I feeling? Because the breath is going to be an indication of how you would be feeling when you're angry. Your breath gets very short and uh, maybe even repressed. Um, so just do some little experiments around the breath just to notice what you're doing with your breath. And he says very aptly that um, the breath sits between the conscious and the unconscious because we can consciously breathe a certain way. But if we forget about consciously breathing a certain way, then we revert to our automatic breathing patterns. And these are very revealing. Like, for example, if you're surprised or shocked or if you're fearful, you might stop breathing for a bit just to like, <gasps> like that. And then you just hold it, observing that or like, oh. Gosh, what am I afraid of? What, is, what startled me? Uh, what's happening inside? And because we've been constantly coaxed into ignoring our feelings and not feeling them, especially if they were negative, that's something that might actually be quite triggering and difficult to start with because you, you have to scoop out all the gunk that you've kept in your, in your body emotionally. And that can feel like a never-ending task. Believe me, when I started working, you know, I mentioned yesterday on the breakfast with Ange that I invested, um, well, I didn't say, I think, how much I invested on, on the thing, but on the, on the live stream, but I invested over 8,000 pounds into my intuition. 
and I had a very demanding teacher, which I'm very grateful for because she really pushed me to the best of what I could I could deliver. And um, she, you know, after a year or so working with her, I was like, when is this going to end? It felt like a never ending task of having to look into uh, past baggage, past trauma, past past emotions. And the truth is, as long as we live, we experience things and we will be constantly in needing of healing and exploration and all that stuff, because that's what that's what happens. We are um, sentient beings. We are affected by what happens to us. And um, and so we need to process all of this. And, and sadly, that's not something that we have learned from either or at least in my generation from either our parents or our um, school. So we're left with a lot of like we're, we're literally <laughs> emotional libraries walking around of unsorted things. And it, it, it's easy to, to, to find out if you've been triggered by something, if you get angry a lot when people do things. And I used to be like that when I was in my 20s and 30s. Um, I got triggered so much. But what I know now is that I always take it back to me and I ask myself, what happened here? What triggered me? Why am I feeling this way? What's behind it? What's underneath it? And very often you'll find, and that's what the one thing that I definitely learned as a clinical hypnotherapist training in clinical hypnotherapy, is that the presenting problem is rarely the real one. So, um, and that's typical in our relationships, for example, especially our romantic relationships. Someone will say something, you're, uh, if you have a significant other, they might say something and immediately one of your old beliefs, you know, I do you remember how I talked, I think it was on day two, about how um, beliefs are created through the hippocampus that organizes all our thoughts. Uh, well, you might have a belief that no one cares about me. And so your partner or even a friend maybe does something that makes you feel that belief, that triggers that belief. In, in reality, they probably haven't. But because your belief is so strong, it's activated quite easily. So you want to look into that and you want to say, you know, where and, and go back. And, and you might need the help of a professional. So don't try and do everything on your own. If you feel that you have a lot of emotional baggage, um, don't think that you're, you know, no one can help you. That's not true at all. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, traditional methods such as talk therapy might not be as effective I find myself, because I've done 10 years of therapy, of talk therapy. I started actually when I was nine years old. I'm not going to go too much into the detail of why. But um, so I was a big fan in that respect uh, of, of, you know, looking into and talking about problems. But I have found actually that energetically when we do that, we compound the problem because we give it so much attention. What you want is more to look into it. I'm going to say once and for all, but that's not what I mean, because what happens with healing is very often you're only able to peel one layer off a problem at one particular point in time. And then life will bring it back to the same problem again. And then you can peel another layer and then another circle and then another layer, which is why sometimes especially in romantic relationships. And I'm going through that myself because I'm leaving my second husband. And I'm looking through all the stuff that happened and and I'm healing this part of me. And 
it's really interesting because if, if, if this had happened maybe 10 years ago, I would have said, why did I do this again? I would beat myself up about being a failure of not knowing how to do relationships. But I'm not doing that this time because I've learned that you come back to things again and again and again. And it also comes from the fact that we are complex beings who um, have a variation of emotions and Sometimes it takes time to unpack all of it because it feels like this big ball of yarn that um, doesn't make sense. At least that's how I experience it. So that's all about, you know, raising your vibration. You need to do that, that groundwork. And then once you've done, you do some groundwork on a regular basis. But then, you know, you can't do that all day, every day. Otherwise, you would just feel really bad so maybe you can do that half an hour a day an hour a day and then the rest of the day you're trying to keep upbeat and the way to keep upbeat is to choose your thoughts now we have 30,000 thoughts per whatever hour I think that's it is so it's impossible to control the thoughts that you have however what you can do is to choose the thoughts that you're going to focus on. So once the thoughts come up, if you don't like it, just say, oh, that's just a thought and move on. Whereas if you have a, a, a thought that makes you feel better, then you can just say, okay, oh, I like that thought. I think I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that one. And then, of course, some of the thoughts that can come as triggers, you can collect them like butterflies, keep them, and look at them later when you have more time to unpack things. I would say this kind of routine is super important, being emotionally aware. It's emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence ties into intuitive intelligence. Because imagine that you are full of those triggers, full of that emotional baggage. You, you're, the way you look at things is going to be clouded, so you won't be able to receive intuition clearly. So that's your first job. Um, then you can add stuff to raise your vibration. I, I do that on a regular basis. I didn't have time this morning because I just took the time just to be me. But usually before I go on a Facebook Live, I have a little boogie. I listen to music. Uh, I know that there's a few things, few activities that I can bring me out of a funk. Like if I'm feeling sorry for myself or if I kind of bathe in that heavy energy, maybe something triggered me. I don't realize what triggered me, but I'm feeling suddenly a little bit low. You know, a good boogie. And I, I've said that in the video. So, you know about that. Art is always an uplifter. Sewing, um, cooking. And one of my recent discovery, when I say recent, it's a few years, but tidying my house just is the, the best. Recently, I've taken a gardening course. So I go out in my garden and I, 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 I'm still at the stage where I organize and cut things um, away. I'm not growing in the growing phase yet. I'm more in the prep um, phase. But that, I, if I do that for an hour, I feel so much better. Connecting to nature is amazing because... When we stay indoors too long, uh, our energy becomes stagnant and stagnant energy is never, never good for, um, for your vibration. Uh, you need to, to be in the movement in order to have a, a higher vibration. So that's part one to increase your intuition and make it more reliable. And part two is to learn to pay attention. And that's where some teachers will tell you, 
or you've got to meditate. I will say it's more about having those quiet moments where you can observe and pay attention. Um, so that can happen by uh, not constantly being doing things. Um, it, last night I sat down. I had my headphones on, but I wasn't listening to anything for a good half hour. And I, I just was. I was just quiet. And it wasn't, I didn't call that meditation. Somebody might have called it meditation, but it's more about slowing down and paying attention because your intuition is likely to speak to you in very soft tones. The ego is loud. The intuition is usually very quiet. And apart from if you're a psychic, but what I've actually recently realized, having talked to so many different people about intuition, is that psychics tend to have a very loud intuition through their psychic senses, but then they don't act on it. Whereas people who work with intuition, it's probably going to be almost the opposite. Their intuition is very, very quiet, but then you're likely to act on it more. Paying attention, unless you are a fully blown psychic and that's different, then you would need another training. Maybe not another teacher because I have worked with lots of psychics myself, but um, it's a different approach. And so I'm going to assume that you are all fairly new to intuition or at least um, still in the phase where you want to start to learn how to use it. And and so what's really important for you at this stage is to pay attention to detail. So, you know, those little games that we used to do when we were kids where there was two pages. It's the same drawing, but yeah, there's six or seven differences. This is the kind of thing that you want to do. Little games like that or yeah, spot the difference. I think it's called. And this will enable you to pay attention. And I will say that we are in a distraction society. So that's why we don't pay attention to a lot of things. And, and sometimes I'm amazed. It's not very often that I come across people who are completely unattentive and who uh, don't listen to anything and who seem to act almost like loose cannons. But it does. And when you observe someone like that, it's the absolute opposite of what you want to be. <laughs> So you want to be quiet, you want to be observant, you want to be, you know, even if you're an extrovert, try to take some of the good sides of an introvert, which is sometimes sitting down and watching life instead of um, constantly being in the acting, 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 um, taking action, I mean. And it's, it's interesting because there's one thing that my first husband left with me, and it was a gift, even though at the time I didn't see it and I got quite frustrated with him is that he he had plenty of times when he just sat and did nothing. And and he taught me a lesson because I was raised by a mother who was constantly doing things and there was no space in our house for, you know, a quiet contemplation or uh, it was always, you know, have you done this? Have you done that? You should be doing this. Uh, and 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 like, oh, let's take a deep breath and even having more space for your breath, for it to be more expensive, to, to just take more time slowing down, okay? So these are the two very, very simple things that you can do without having to meditate for hours, without having to wear crystals or give up a coffee or wine. 
it's to one, raise your vibration, two, pay attention. So what's important is, um, and what I want to invite you to do, is to have literally a routine for your intuition, a daily routine that you, and, and the best way to start a new habit is to attach it to an existing habit. So I will assume most of you shower every day, eat meals uh, three times a day, brush your teeth in the evening, uh, and what, what other activities do we have? I think that these are the basic ones. So try to see if you could attach to one of your existing habits a little um, practice to ramp up your intuition. So for me, before I have breakfast, before I have my shower, sometimes it's after, but it's around that time, I will listen to a dance track and I'll dance away in my office. And that's why you probably noticed that in my free group, and if you don't know my free group, I will be sharing a link to the free group when uh, when the challenge closes. Um, I share a tune every day to get you to dance. Because dancing, if you go back to what we've been discussing today, is moving your body. And moving your body enables you to... Um, Shake that stagnant energy uh, and become a better channel for your own intuition. So I hope today's um, Breakfast with Ange has been helpful. Uh, if you watch it on the replay, please let me know and a comment below. Um, I can't believe it's day four of the, the five-day challenge uh, on how to trust your intuition. I really, really look forward to tomorrow's uh, Breakfast with Ange. I will be uh, probably doing a little bit of a party. So if you can attend um, to it live, that would be wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for being in the challenge. Thank you for those of you who will be listening to the replay on um, on the podcast, because this is one, the only uh, Facebook live that I'm going to share from the challenge in um, on my podcast to give people um, a taste of what my challenge is like. And I wish you a wonderful day. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook, on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.